Welcome to Better Edge, a Northwestern medicine podcast for physicians. I'm Melanie Cole, and joining me today is Dr. Miriam Siddiqui. She's an assistant professor of rheumatology at Northwestern Medicine. She's here to tell us about connective tissue disease and the intersection between rheumatology and dermatology. Dr. Siddiqui, it's such a pleasure to have you with us. What a great topic. Connective tissue diseases often present with both rheumatologic and dermatologic manifestations. Can you explain the relationship between connective tissue disease disorders and the skin? What are some of the common cutaneous manifestations observed in patients with these conditions? And what are some of the common rheumatological and dermatological symptoms that can overlap for connective tissue diseases? Hi, well, thank you for having me. So yeah, a lot of questions right there. So I treat primarily rheumatologic diseases, so autoimmune connective tissue diseases. And these, by definition, are systemic diseases, and they often affect multiple organs, including the skin. And I would say the skin is actually one of the more common areas where we see manifestations of our diseases. The common cutaneous manifestations that we see in our patients kind of depends on the connective tissue disease that we're talking about. For example, our lupus patients can present with things like rash and photosensitivity. They can also have something called paniculitis, which is like nodules under the skin. Conversely, our scleroderma patients can present with things like calcinosis cutis, which is like calcium deposition under the skin. So we really see a wide variety of skin manifestations in our patients, depending on the disease. Well, then are there specific connective tissue diseases that have a higher propensity for dermatologic involvement? How does the presence of skin manifestations influence that overall management and prognosis of these diseases? While all of our autoimmune connective tissue diseases can have some skin manifestations, I would say things like systemic lupus erythematosus, cutaneous lupus is commonly seen. There's a condition called dermatomyositis, which by definition involves the skin, and it can be the only manifestation sometimes in our patients with dermatomyositis. Morphia spectrum diseases, eosinophilic fasciitis, these are autoimmune conditions that just affect the skin or primarily affect the skin. And then systemic vasculitis patients often have cutaneous manifestations as well. But I'd say those are the ones that commonly we see with dermatologic involvement. The presence of skin manifestations, so it kind of depends on the skin involvement in these patients. Some of these patients have really extensive skin manifestations, and that does affect on my management because I'm going to choose a systemic therapy in those cases. In cases where there's milder skin involvement, we can get away in our clinic with using things like topical therapies or UV therapy or things that don't necessarily suppress the immune system like IVIG or hydroxychloroquine. We'll try using those instead of something that's a little bit more immunosuppressive. Tell us how rheumatologists and dermatologists collaborate to manage these patients with connective tissue diseases. Discuss the importance of that interdisciplinary approach in diagnosis and treatment. So I say rheumatology and dermatology are very natural areas of collaboration, primarily because of what we were talking about. So rheumatic diseases often have dermatologic manifestations and vice versa. Some dermatologic conditions often have rheumatologic manifestations. I think the importance here of having both the disciplines managing these patients grows out of this need to address really complicated and refractory patients. I think that these combined clinics or multidisciplinary clinics really grew out of this need and 
As part of it, we're able to provide very streamlined care for patients where our dermatology colleagues assist with things like biopsies. They interpret and have a deeper understanding of dermatopathology. They use topical therapies, UV therapies, and even cosmetic therapies to guide our patients. And we as rheumatologists are able to look at these patients and decide, is this just skin or does this patient have systemic involvement of other organs? Is this joint pain actually just wear and tear osteoarthritis or is this a part of their illness? And then we're able to help guide appropriate immunosuppression in these patients. So we really help in that area. Well, then tell us about disease-specific programs at Northwestern Medicine and Clinics that are joint rheumatology and dermatology or include both specialists. Tell us about those. So here at Northwestern, there's many ways that we collaborate. So some of the clinics have shared space, and we see patients at the same time as our dermatology colleagues, and others are physically separated but coordinate very closely. So for example, my clinic with Dr. Jennifer Shastri is a connective tissue disease dermatology clinic. We focus on things like cutaneous lupus, cutaneous vasculitis, morphia spectrum disorders, and dermatomyositis. There's another clinic with Drs. Eric Ruderman and Dr. Ahmad Amin, and they have a shared space once weekly for psoriatic arthritis patients. Here at Northwestern, we're also a scleroderma center and get referrals from all over for our scleroderma specialists. They don't have a shared space with the dermatologist, but they work very closely with dermatologists and coordinate care. I think in all of these areas, you basically have dermatologists and rheumatologists who have experience treating our patients, but also really enjoy collaborating with each other and treating these people. And so I think our multidisciplinary clinics, it's just the start of it in terms of dermatology and rheumatology. I really think that these types of clinics are standard of care and academic centers. Well, they certainly are a more comprehensive approach. Now, Dr. Siddiqui, can you share with us a specific complex patient case that you collaborated with dermatology on to optimize care? Yeah, so I think in general, we see a lot of refractory and very complicated patients. But one of our earlier patients was a woman who had actually come to see us with cutaneous lupus. And this involved her face. And she had something called lupus paniculitis of the face. And so she had fat atrophy. So she had indentations. And it really affected the way she looked and the way she saw herself. And as a rheumatologist, I'm able to help with things like immunosuppression to maybe help stop this process from occurring. But in dermatology, they're really able to help. And Dr. Jennifer Shastri was really great at guiding the patient, not only with topicals, but once we were able to stop the progression of this disease and we got everything stable with her face, she was able to help guide the patient on things like autologous fat transfers and more of the cosmetic side with using fillers to correct some of this deformity that this disease had caused. What are some of the challenges or complexities that arise when you're diagnosing and treating these connective tissue diseases with prominent skin involvement? How do you navigate some of those challenges? So I think one of the big things is as rheumatologists, we often treat systemic disease and a lot of it is organ involvement like heart, kidneys, brain involvement. With skin, it's a little bit different. So skin is on the outside. And so patients have a huge impact in terms of quality of life, their perception of self, their self-esteem. A lot of that comes from what people can see on the outside. So I think one of the 
hardest things is we think about, oh, it's at least it's not the heart and the kidneys that are involved. But skin is just as important of an organ for the patient because it's what other people see of them and it's how people can see that they're actually sick. So I think understanding what that means for the patient is important and it's sometimes difficult and knowing that sometimes we're going to have to use systemic therapy and even really strong immunosuppressive therapy in order to help this patient with their skin involvement. Dr. Siddiqui, as you're working with these patients, are there any specific lifestyle modifications or self-care practices that you advise your patients that can help improve the quality of life for patients with these connective tissue diseases that overlap with dermatologic symptoms? Definitely. So in our cutaneous lupus patients, one of the biggest things is that they're photosensitive. And a lot of our patients are patients with skin of color. And so SPF is very important. So we talk to them about sunscreen. We talk to them about SPF, like types of protection, physical and chemical barriers. We also talk to them about clothing that they can use, wide-brimmed hats, things like that. So a lot of our education goes to like sun avoidance measures and how to protect their skin because the sun, not only can it flare their systemic disease, it can also cause worsening of their cutaneous disease. And it can also cause hyperpigmentation in a lot of those patients that's really, really hard to reverse. So I would say probably the biggest lifestyle modification that we can offer is going to be sun protection. That's interesting. And lastly, Dr. Siddiqui, are there any notable advancements, particularly regarding the management of connective tissue diseases and their dermatologic manifestations that rheumatologists, other providers should be aware of? Yes. So one of the reasons I enjoy rheumatology is that Every year or so, there's a lot of new medications, drugs that come down the pipeline. So we're already using oral JAK inhibitors in our clinic quite a bit for cases of dermatomyositis. But there's topical JAK inhibitors that I don't think a lot of rheumatologists are reaching for, but definitely our dermatology colleagues are. So topical JAK inhibitors, they're approved for things like psoriasis, for atopic dermatitis, vitiligo. Topical tofacitinib is also used for things like periorbital discoid lupus. There's topical high-potency PDE4 inhibitors that are approved for things like psoriasis. Oftentimes, our biologics for things like psoriatic arthritis come from psoriasis patients. So, you know, there's these TIC2 inhibitors that are being used or were approved in late 2022 for skin psoriasis and are looking promising for psoriatic arthritis same type of thing for our cutaneous lupus patients. There's drugs right now that are in phase two, phase three trials that target plasma cytoid dendritic cells. And they look really promising for our cutaneous lupus patients. So lots of drugs that are not only in the pipeline, but are being used by our dermatology colleagues. And I think that they will soon be used in rheumatology practices as well. What a great topic this was. Thank you so much, doctor, for joining us today. To refer your patient or for more information, please visit our website at breakthroughsforphysicians.nm.org slash room to get connected with one of our providers. That wraps up this episode of Better Edge, a Northwestern Medicine podcast for physicians. Please always remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other Northwestern Medicine podcasts. I'm Melanie Cole.